<laughs> At least one of them does. <laughs> no. <laughs> Cut that. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> let's not in, let's not insult a creative Amanda. Okay, and she's on um, maternity, so no, no, no. Oh, I was meaning more like us. Oh, I thought you meant that her. neither. <laughs> no, I meant us. <laughs> that neither of us have credentials. <laughs> right. I need to calm down. It's so hard for it. Welcome to Homebrewed Feminism. I'm Amanda. And I'm Becky. We're two friends discussing all the ways that society, culture and gender collide. So join us as we amplify the many voices that surround us. Hello! Welcome back. Welcome back. Episode 8. Episode 8. So we teased you last week by saying what we were we don't usually say what we're doing the next week but this is such a good episode and we are going to be talking about sexual pleasure and all well not all of the ways but we have two experiences that we're going to be bringing Mm -hmm. yeah yeah they're very um i think they're complementary which we don't really usually do usually we kind of go in different directions to bring but in saying that that is why we have kind of flip-flopped so usually every episode we each take turns who's going first, who's going second. Mm-hmm. But this week we've flipped back so that Becky goes first again because her clip kind of kind of hits more the broader sense of sexual pleasure when mine is very specific and just to like <laughs> warm you up. Yeah. We thought maybe Becky should go first this week. Yeah. Yeah, which I'm cool with. But like we introduced the other week, we have a little story time, and oh, yeah. it is a story time. Everyone listening, we have had our first troll. <laughs> it's happened. This podcast, at the date of recording, isn't even a month old. It's still a baby, and we have been trolled the fuck out on Twitter. Now, we are we're not good when it comes to Twitter. Twitter is not home for us. Amanda and I are TikTok bitches and we, we are we are fine with that. Absolutely. We are out of our depth with Twitter and yeah. we have been like <laughs> we have <laughs> fallen into the deep end, been trolled by this person. <laughs> and we know that we now need to go back to TikTok. So watch the space. <laughs> we will be bringing you a TikTok soon. <laughs> Yeah, so a lawyer group in Ireland put out a tweet being like, we have been trolled like crazy recently um, and we support trans rights. Yeah, they're like a super supportive group. So we were like on board with that. We are inclusive feminists, but not until this moment did I realize what really that meant. And we were targeted. We were targeted. Someone took the fact that we have two episodes dedicated to the trans experience as that we center males which our i feminism. don't understand that's why i yeah. was so confused when i saw it it was like i feel like twitter antics 101 yeah and they identify as a feminist but not the kind of feminist that i just couldn't believe it that mm-hmm. this was coming from a feminist like are you really coming to us as a fellow feminist saying that Centered in males is a bad thing. So fucking what? Why can't feminism is for men? So yes, yeah. So it definitely solidifies my belief in what we're about. 
and inclusive feminism. Um, Just to be clear, like, we're trans supportive, we're inclusive, and we believe that a trans woman is a woman. So this was after this person also accusing us that we think that women deserve to be raped. (laughs) Um, Excuse me? (laughs) Like, we were talking about trans rights, and she said... You are misleading your listeners. Um, you are a trans right activist, not a feminist. Excuse me, name. Um, trans people are in my feminism. I I can be on a spectrum. So, fuck off. This type of person has a name called TERF. This may sound strange, but it's an acronym. So it stands for Trans Exclusionary Radical Feminist. Yes. And this was new to Amanda. <laughs> it was. Becky responded to me, oh, she's a turf. And I was like, say what that was. What is that? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, what is that? <laughs> so yeah, so I learned something new. So that's when we thought, oh, actually, we should probably talk about this on the pod then. Because if I didn't know what this was. Like she was mm-hmm. from Scotland, which really fucked me off. <laughs> someone from my country can identify as a feminist and have those thoughts it just fucked me off and then other turfs started coming at me calling me out for not commenting on that weird random thing that had nothing to do with the original tweet it was just so yeah twitter if you've got twitter (laughs) just um delete it because we're playing with it we might we don't know we feel we're more at home on tiktok so tiktok is totally more inclusive and yeah twitter kind of feels like if you really like to argue like that's yeah. where you go like I'm if not you about get that your, life i don't have time for it so like i oh, was right. just trying to be like positive and inclusive and it totally backfired and don't know if i've got the time anywho so that's it here's a new word for you turf turf <laughs> t-e-r-f get yeah. the fuck out okay <laughs> Moving on to something that is worth our time on this podcast. Absolutely. Is our brewery feature. Now, again, you might be thinking, why are you saying brewery and not brewer? That's because this week's brewery is slightly different again. Yeah. We have an amazing family-owned craft beer microbrewery. And there's two women that we want to highlight at this brewery, Robin and Sandra. They're both women directors and they handle all the business aspects, sales and all the public facing roles. But like I said, it's family owned and family Mm -hmm. operated. So there is, you know, the guys in the family that do hands on brewing. But Robin mentioned that she does bottling, casking, labelling, etc. Yeah. But let's give you some background on the brewery. Mm. Cool Brewing Company was founded in Glenrothes in 2017. So Glenrothes is just a small town. In Fife. Cool Brewing is dedicated to the creation of premium small batch craft beers. So their passion drives their desire to bring quality and flavour with beers that they do in traditional Scottish ways, but they also try and do things in a modern way as well. That's cool. One thing that I love about this brewery too is that they use local ingredients and suppliers where they can, which I think is really important. Very sustainable. Yeah, and they've mentioned that they are passionate about recycling and reusing as much as they can. Cool. It kind of reminds me of Black Isle, where they're like focusing on like green and focusing Mm -hmm. on the environment. And also New Barns, how they have their own little farm and they're hoping to just, you know, use their own stuff someday. Yeah. Yeah. So this brewery have also done well in the competitive side of craft beer. 
for their beer, Baby Badger. <gasps> it, is that what you're drinking? That's what I'm drinking! Okay, well, that got third place in the Champion Beer of Fife two years ago. Oh, I believe it. It's delicious. Is it good? Oh, it's so good. Honestly, I, Becky, look, this was a full pint. And I'm oh almost my god! Done. I know this is like <laughs> this is like a opal level good, you know. Like I'm really, oh, really? into this one. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, I've just um, the the beer that I'm drinking is called Eighties Revival, and it's got like a really cool label on it. And nice. that was also a finalist last year for Best British Style Ale. So there we go. Yeah, they're they're up there with the awards. So, like I said, I'm drinking Eighties Revival, and it's kind of like a you mentioned before you had one that was quite biscuity from a different mm-hmm. brewery. Mine's just yeah. kind of like that. It's got like yeah. a toffee, butterscotch flavour. Oh, so like a dessert. Like a dessert. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. It's good. <laughs> what about you all? You've said yours. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So Baby Badger, because I bought Source Code, Baby Badger, and The Emperor's New Clothes. It's uh, 4.4%, so it's not that, it's not that bad. Uh, it, the flavor's fantastic. I cannot lie. It is so easy to drink, Becky. Mm-hmm. I would easily drink this, no problem. I could, I could drink probably these all day. Honestly, this is so good. That's awesome. So, keep doing what you're doing, Cool Brewing, mm-hmm. because between Robin and Sandra, who are doing such an amazing job with this brand, and the rest of the family, it's awesome. And we love being able to highlight what you're doing. I just want to say real quick. <clears throat> I just want to say thank you to Robin. Robin has been, like, ultra-advocate. When I contacted her initially, Mm -hmm. just to, like, check in to see if they had any women involved, you know, specifically brewers, but she was like, nope. She was the one who was like, have you heard of Doe? Have you heard of of Kate down in Inner Bay? Like, she she is, like, you know, women-empowering women. Like, Robin, she is the embodiment of that. She did not like hesitate for a second. She was like, here's all the information I can give you. This is a great endeavor. Do it. Like, how can I help? And I just want to say thank you so much, Robin. You have been so helpful. Yeah. And cheers. Cheers to you, Robin and Sandra. Yeah, cheers. All right. Let's get into the clips. Hang on to your hats, everybody. All right, sexual pleasure. We're just going to get right into it because, uh, well, that's what a lot of people do anyway. So, (laughs) (laughs) I am here for the next 45 minutes. (laughs) It's sexual pleasure. What I mean, what else do you want us to say? We're going to get right into it. Like, we're going to bang it right out. So, don't even. We're going to give you some context. So, <laughs> unless you were raised in a hippie compound, most likely you've been ruined by your gender's approved level of sexuality. What the fuck do you mean? Okay. Remember back in the old days, like the 1950s, when women were dependent on men for, let's just say, everything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. To ensure that they were worthy of marriage, you know, ladies would... Uh, Keep the legs shut, and you know we're not judging because mm-hmm. you know in a yeah. past life could have been us. So, yeah, ladies absolutely. had to survive. Get yourself mm-hmm. a husband to survive. We yep. get it. Absolutely. We get it. Get it. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, we are in 2020, so looking mm-hmm. on 70 years after, and mm-hmm. this expectation is still hanging in here, mm-hmm. even though women have you know never been more economically capable. Absolutely. 
prior to COVID-19 hitting the world, one in four households had a woman as the breadwinner. What up? Yeah. So this residual expectation of a certain lack of promiscuity has got to go. Mm-hmm. That includes touching yourself. So let's get feminist with our sexuality. Yes. So I'm not going to give you the joy of talking about touching yourself yet. You're going to have to hang in there as Amanda will be dealing with that one. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to be bringing you something more general about, you know, feeling your sexuality and being a sexual being and the shame that comes with that, especially Mm. if you are a woman. Yes. The podcast that I reached out to is called The Pleasure Podcast, and this is hosted by Naomi Sheldon and Anand Patel. Naomi is an actor and a writer, and Anand is a sexual function doctor. In their podcast, they explore the relationship that we have with our bodies, especially when it comes to sex, intimacy and pleasure. They carry out interviews with a bunch of experts, so if you tune into their pods, you'll hear interviews with sexologists and therapists, you know, proper qualified people. Anand and Naomi call their podcast a whole new kind of sex education. Nice, I like that. Yeah, I think it's more accessible for people as well. You know, they can just, they could look as if they're listening to music, whereas really they're listening to, like, sexual pleasure, like, listen to us. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I get it. Yeah, I get it. You can learn about sex while looking like you're listening to Jay-Z. Yeah. (laughs) You can educate yourself while looking cool. No one will know. No one will know. (laughs) No one will know. Yeah. So... The episode that I chose a clip from is from season two, episode nine, called Flo Perry, How to Have Feminist Sex. So Flo Perry is the guest on this episode. She is a writer and illustrator who is on a mission to improve everyone's sex lives. Doesn't matter who you are, doesn't matter what you like, she wants she wants to help you. Mm. How is she trying to help people? Well, she has recently released a book called How to Have Feminist Sex, A Fairly Graphic Guide. This book is filled with flows. I'm laughing right now. <laughs> so obviously we record, you can only hear us uh, in your ears, but we're on Zoom and Amanda is like a child at Christmas because I, she has bought this book. <laughs> So the book is filled with Flo's drawings. It's very well done and it is on my reading list once my semester at uni is over. I will put a link to this book in the show notes because it looks amazing and Amanda, bear all. (laughs) Okay, so I would call it more like a graphic novel. Right, right. Yeah, well, she's an illustrator. Yeah, and her illustrations, they're beautiful and she does make an effort to go the spectrum of humanity. But I have to say, like, I really feel like this book would be really great present okay. to, like, give mm-hmm. if you have a family member that's maybe just graduating high school and they're about to go off to uni for the first time. Sure, sure. When you get to uni, it's different. You know, like, it's a totally different ball game. And so far, she's hit everything yeah, yeah. you would want your, like, younger... Or your younger self. You hit the nail on the head. I'm talking about, I wish I had this book. So I highly recommend it. The clip that I've chosen from this episode, I chose it because I want to emphasise the message that women can be sexual and they can embrace their sexuality, which are two different things. I don't know enough about it to go deep dive it, but definitely do a quick Google search Mm. because you will learn something. In Mm -hmm. this clip, Flo talks with Naomi and Anand about the words slut and slag. And 
how women can reclaim this. Mm. The side effect of this word and reclaiming it shouldn't be shame. Unfortunately, it often is. So before I spoil this clip for you, we'll just get into it and then we'll discuss. Okay? Yeah, let's do it. Um, I love how you reclaim the word slut and slag. Thank you. I think it's kind of hot to be a slut, you know? It's like, it's naughty. It's fun. Um, yeah, and I think that I always kind of felt like that when I when I like first got called a slut. I remember thinking like, me, a slut? <laughs> <laughs> Rather be you devastated. Do you think there still is a lot of stigma surrounding this figure that we obsess over about how many people we've slept? Yeah, definitely. It is actually really surprising how it is still a really taboo subject. And I'm shocked, even like talking to my friends when I was like writing the book, I was like, oh, well, you know, this is what I'm writing about at the moment. And they'd be like, but there is a number that's too many. And they'd be like, there must be. Like, what if someone has slept with a thousand people? There must, that's, that's way too many. And I'm like, well, it really depends how old they are. <laughs> like, if someone's 60 and they've slept with a thousand people, like, that's doable, you know? And if you're 60 and you've been single the entire time, yeah. that's actually not that many people. I mean, a thousand's quite a lot. I can't do the maths quickly, but yeah, no. it's less than 100 a year, is it? <laughs> it's like 10 a year. No, just over 10 a year. It's like one a month. <laughs> that's totally doable. If anything, that's... Let's not try and hide enough. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think that it does tell you, like the number of people someone slept with does tell you how much they've prioritised being in a monogamous relationship. Naomi starts off in this clip by saying to Flo that she loves how much she's reclaiming the words slut or slag. And Flo's immediate reaction to this is to say thank you and state how hot she thinks this is. And I love that, that her immediate reaction is thank you. Like it's not anything else, it's just so pure. And I think that this is such an interesting response because she's reclaiming these terms openly for everyone to hear that are often used in a derogatory way. So, yeah, like, why shouldn't she reclaim it and use it openly and positively? Why aren't slut or slag identities a positive and empowering things for people? I want to know why. Do you want to know why? I do. I do. Well, I think I know why. <laughs> Great. Tell me. It's because there's so much stigma attached with women being sexually active with more than one partner. Mm-hmm. Whether this is more than one at the same time or whether it's more than one one after the other. It's literally it just is. more than one. Or more you than know? none. Exactly. It's, more it's what than it is. None. More than none. More yeah, than none. That's exactly what it is. Where men want like a, a lady on the streets but a freak in the sheets, but mm. doesn't actually want them to have any experience at all. You know, it's like when you apply to an entry level position, but they want you to have like three to five years experience. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Every every job description, every job advert you yeah. see, it's this paradox where like, where was I supposed to get this three to five years? <laughs> like without actually doing it exactly <laughs> and it's also the stigma like we're saying of more than none any woman that has more than none mm. it's the stigma of body count why is this still mm. a thing you know <sighs> Flo touches on how this is still a taboo topic you know mm -hmm. this episode that we've chosen a clip from isn't even one year old and I can't confidently say that things have changed oh no like I, I, I don't think so but see here's the thing like I have been literally about to hit a decade in this relationship. I literally haven't dated in a decade. Like, I have totally missed all of the online dating. Like, I have yeah, missed same. everything. I'm so great. So yeah, so Dylan and I are seven years. So we met in person the first time. We mm -hmm. didn't, I have never had a dating app on my phone. 
Me too. Me too. Me and Chris, we met in a bar. Yeah, so, yeah. like, I genuinely don't know. Like, is it? Is it? Like, are men still very, like, all I can speak about is my experience. And, like, I grew up in a very conservative household. So I knew what my parents thought. So that's what was instilled in me. Do I know what my husband thinks? Like, if I actually went up to him and said, hey, if I had, like, 80 partners, say, like, because there is no number, like they say, there is no number. But, like, if I did have, like, 80 so partners, would you have thought less of me? I've never even asked him that question. Like, I don't even know. I don't even know. Because in my head, the misogyny, the internalized misogyny was, like, you can't have more than, like, a handful. A handful's too many. You know, like, I've got an interesting point on this. So... Like you're saying, Flo's mentioned that she's spoken with her friends and they're saying, well, there is a number that's too many, which I, dis- right? I disagree with. So for uh, me, me too, yeah, I, th- I think about it like this. What is the difference between sleeping with 1,000 people different at uh, different times or sleeping with the same person a thousand times? You know, there's this whole analogy of like, oh, um, if you have, you sleep with all these people, you have like a loose vagina. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, what if you sleep with the same person a thousand times or a thousand different people? Like, hello? <laughs> that that totally changed my world when I heard that that first time. Yeah. When because so, I when I was growing up, I was totally like, oh yeah, you can't have a lot of partners because you don't want to be loose. Yeah. You don't want to be loose. Yeah. Like, what does that even what, fucking mean? What does that mean? <laughs> what? Ah, uh, like, uh, just. The lack of information, like the lack. That's why go get this freaking book for the kids that, that you love. Like, do not let them be this fucking dumb. Yeah. <laughs> no, I know. And like this body count thing, it's not a thing for men. It's an accomplishment. And this lad culture still exists, oh, especially 100%. here. I mean, I I assume with your experience in the USA. Yes. Like, yes. Boys, oh, 100%. 100%. Yes. That's all I'm going to say. Yes. Barf. So many people are uncomfortable seeing women particularly engage with their sexual energy. So what do they do when they see a woman enjoying herself and and feeling herself? Owning it. Literally or physically. They shame them. Mm -hmm. Hit them Mm -hmm. with the shame stick because no, Mm -hmm. you shouldn't be doing that. Mm -hmm. So like we're saying, women are shamed for feeling this sexuality. So I have a case study. Great. There is a person that I follow on social media and she now does social media full time because she has like over a million followers. I originally saw her on TikTok. Holy shit. Yeah. And she at the time was 18 or 19, I think. She was pregnant with her first child and she would do this dance every day. There's like a pregnant song and it's like been pregnant far away too long. Oh, I know that song. Yeah, that pregnant dance. So she was getting so much love like when she was pregnant and you know she looked amazing. She just she was so happy and this dance like got everybody pumped. Aww. And but were they only loving her because she was doing what society wanted? She was pregnant. Oh. That's a very good point. The reason I bring this in now is because we fast forwarded like nine months and she is so body positive, body confident on social media. She's embracing that she has a different body Mm. as a mum now and she's made people feel great about it. She openly like uses her, she feels confident in her body and she can use it sexually if she wants. Yes. Yes, she She's can. recently created an OnlyFans, which is like this website where people can pay 
to access like extra content and the shame she is receiving for having an OnlyFans is out of this world. Really? She is getting so much hate, so much shame because some people out there in the social media influencer world use OnlyFans kind of like porn. So you can Ah. pay to get like explicit images. I have heard that. I have heard that. Yeah. I don't know if she's doing this. You have to pay. I haven't went on it. So I don't know what she's doing with it. But she's in a relationship with the father of her child and they've agreed that they are both comfortable for her to do this. So you know, that's their business. It's You're absolutely right. And like, I don't, I mean, I don't really understand this OnlyFans thing, if no. I'm being honest. I, I don't, don't, I've not been on it, yeah. Because, but there's so many people who do have one. So I can't imagine that every single person, I, I remember hearing some story about some really famous person starting an OnlyFans and then not doing anything explicit and then people were upset. Like, I remember right. hearing that in the media. Oh, so, so they're expecting like to pay money and see more? Is OnlyFans just porn? I don't know. I don't but know. even if it is, it doesn't fucking matter because she's a grown woman who's decided to do it. So keep your shame. Exactly. To yourself. Like, she's a grown woman. Exactly. So that's why I mentioned to you about how when she's pregnant, she's getting lots of love and people are, like, so happy for her and... Because she's doing what society wants. But then she's a mother. She's embracing her sexual energy. She creates the OnlyFans. She's shamed, targeted of so much hate. So what do we take from that? You can only be sexual... But only if you're young, but not if you're a mum and not if you're old. So you can only be sexual if you're young, yes. but not if you're a mum and you're young. Just one. Yes. yes, 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 yes. So to our listeners, I'm afraid that I have more questions than I do answers for yeah. this. You know, why are women shamed for being sexual beings? Is it about power and control? I believe it's about power and control. Keeping women in their place is still a thing. Oh, yes. A hundred percent. That's me. <laughs> Think on it. Yes. 100%. That's a good ending. I like that. That was it. You know what? We're just going to leave you high and dry. Figure it out. Also, a meant for, for sex. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm pumped. Great. So we'll move, move on. on. <laughs> Get your uh, seatbelts in for this one, guys. It's uh, We're going in. We're doing it. Hello. And welcome. I'm Anand Patel, a doctor specialising in sexual function. And I'm Naomi Sheldon, an actor and writer with an interest in the intimate. And we're here to tell you about The Pleasure Podcast. In these episodes, we talk to wonderful guests, some well-known, others less so, but all equally eloquent about pleasure and sex and desire and need and art and writing and drugs and sex toys. And that barely scratches the surface, but you get the gist. The podcast is, for us, an adult space where we can talk freely about sex and pleasure, asking questions and challenging preconceived ideas, mainly our own. We'll be casting a broad net, trying not to be limited by sexuality, gender, culture or belief. We both felt that conversations should be had about pleasure and sex and intimacy that were inquisitive and non-judgmental. We don't pretend to know it all, but we really want to hear from others, and more than that, to learn. Please do look out for our episodes launching soon. And of course, we'd love to hear from you. Do get in touch. Either email us via hello at thepleasurepodcast.com or tweet us at thepleasurepod. See you soon.
Can you hear that? That's me rubbing my hands because we're getting into it. Um, masturbation. Here she we, said it. I said it. Here we go. I know this is a very uncomfortable topic for many women. And that is why I chose it. So I am not going to go into the psychology as to why clit-owning people are shamed into thinking getting off on their own is bad. That taboo is almost as tired as the promiscuous woman trope we just discussed. Unfortunately, it is still alive and well. It is. Mm -hmm. Society and most cultures treat clit-involved masturbation like it's a secret. Mm -hmm. None of us are allowed to discuss it without some sort of punchline when in actuality... It's an act of self-love. Oh, so you mean like a joke? Yes. So, yeah. I grew up in a household where my mother would joke all the time about masturbation. <laughs> I know that sounds so weird, but she never talked about masturbation unless she was making a joke about it. And that is kind of the, the thing in society. Like, women sure, could talk sure. about masturbation if they're joking. Like, yeah, they're oh, really doing it. Exactly. Like, no, oh, yeah, my husband. Uh, you know, I have so much more fun with the bullet. <laughs> like, there is no... <laughs> It, we're a joke. Like, our masturbation is just, like, a punchline. Um, but it is actually, it's self-love. Yeah. It's the ultimate body positivity. It's feeling yourself literally. Also, it's an act of feminism. Mm. Why? Yeah, why? Because producing your orgasms as it's a commodity only you get to enjoy is just simply frowned upon in the outside world. Fine. Right? So did you not know your orgasms are dependent upon the man in the room? If you have had one without him, you're essentially cheating on him. Oh, no. I actually thought that if I was to have an orgasm without my partner, then I'm like some sort of cheating. Which... No, I get that. I understand that. Becky, I'm not that smart, you know? Somebody has told me that. Yeah, society, like, one of the most intimate things you can do for yourself is not for you. Exactly. You with a guy. Yes, that even my own sexuality is dependent on a man being involved. Like, yeah. uh, I feel like that, that script needs to be flipped. Like, we need to start sending a different message. But thankfully, after researching this topic, reading Flo's book... <laughs> and finding the podcast I'm about to feature, I am well and truly on the road to recovery. Join me, and let's get control over our orgasms. Let me begin by saying I am not a master of masturbation. <laughs> we are in this learning together, everybody. What I have noticed, though, is that I am actually a pretty shit masturbator. <laughs> so when I found this podcast episode from Speaking of Sex with the Pleasure Mechanics, I realized, oh, I can get better at this. I am not a lost cause and neither are you friends. The Pleasure Mechanics, get it, like car mechanics, but pleasure, Okay, are Chris and Charlotte Rose. Their podcast, Speaking of Sex, is the two of them having explicit and soulful conversations about sex, sex culture, and intimate relationships. We are going to feature a clip from their episode 334. What? Right? That's insane. Insane. And we don't episode eight. <laughs> wow. Um, so this episode's called Mindful Masturbation. So let's have a listen. 
And so as you do an honest, compassionate inventory of your current masturbation practices, start to notice where you learned how to masturbate. Did you learn how to masturbate under duress? Were you always rushing? Were you always quiet? Were you worried or scared about getting caught? What would the repercussions be if you were caught in your masturbation? And know that that is your programming around masturbation. You have been taught a specific set of things about masturbation. And you might be listening to this and never even masturbate. I hear all the time from people or from partners of people who don't masturbate. That is a practice, right? The absence of masturbation is also a practice. So notice for yourself how frequently, how much time do you give yourself, how much permission to play. Do you always do the same thing? Wow. (laughs) Right? Yeah, wow. She's so articulate. Let's break it down. So, Chris begins this clip by instructing us to take an inventory of our practice. One, love that she calls it a practice. (laughs) As if it's evolving and you can get better. Two, I love that she says an honest and compassionate inventory. Because regardless of gender here, the stigma around masturbation is real. Sure. Yeah, it it is more acceptable that boys and men masturbate. Mm -hmm. But moms find solid socks for a reason. Everyone starts with shame. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Beginning to entangle your programming, or some may call it conditioning, with an honest and compassionate start, allows yourself to acknowledge why the shame. Yeah, why the shame? That is a really good question. I just find it so sad that we're talking about sexual pleasure. Pleasure is a positive word, and all we've said is stigma, 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 shame, shame, shame. (laughs) That's my thoughts on that. (laughs) But you're not wrong. Like, that's exactly... That's exactly what it is. And... The fact she said under duress. Right? Oh, we're gonna get into that. So... I will repeat the list just so that everybody can really, like, take a moment and just have a think about it. Where did you learn to masturbate? Were you under duress? Always rushing? Always quiet? Were you worried and scared about getting caught? What were the repercussions if you were to get caught? This is what you've been taught from parents, society, religion. Pick your poison. (laughs) This is. <laughs> We've all fucking got one. What, all of the above. This is where you you need to start. Break down the barriers in your own head, so that you could start actually owning your masturbation. So now, for yous who don't masturbate, it's your turn. I agree with Chris. You not masturbating is also a practice. Take the time to consider why you don't masturbate. Is this an actual choice or is it in your conditioning? Have you not participated? Mm-hmm. If you don't, have you convinced yourself you don't need it? When in actuality, you actually might want it. Yeah, I find that such a shame. And I know that people might have their reasons for not doing it because so many. like we've said yeah. in I think it was in the last episode you know we don't always see what people are experiencing 100%. on the outside 100%. so I know that for a lot of people they may have toxic relationships with not just their bodies but especially their 
genitals. It could just be sex in general. Like in yeah, exactly. General. Everyone has different ex- <laughs> in genital. Um, everyone has different experiences, and everyone has different reasons for doing it or not doing it. Mm-hmm. But I think that it's such a core part of what we can do as humans. It's kind of that like one of the only it's, best. It's a bits. gift. I feel it's <laughs> like we can do that, and mm-hmm. it does that, and does that, and it does it does that. So mm-hmm. you're like, mm-hmm. yeah, I feel so sorry. Mm-hmm. I feel so sorry for people. Because on that note, it's not weird to feel shame after masturbating. People have shame after an orgasm, regardless if it's with a partner or not a partner or who they've done it with or when they've done it or where they've done it. Shame seems to like circle sex like a like a tornado. Um, yeah. So some have that shame crash after orgasm and you're not alone. It's also it, it's not but it is not fair to you and it's not your fault either it's all a part of this quote-unquote programming that the only reason that you have the shame is because you've been conditioned to think it is shameful to have a sex life Mm -hmm. so we have a couple more inventory prompts to end on which focus more on the present those were kind of more like how you got started and this is more like right now how frequently do you masturbate how much time do you allot you know, focus on the masturbation. Do you have permission to play? In other words, like, do you take your time or are you like in and out? Nobody gets hurt. Do you always do the same thing? Hmm. Hey, guilty as charged. Hand up. Like, I'm a hit it and quit it kind of masturbator. <laughs> like, in out. Nobody gets hurt. I'm I'm a mom. Like, I was going to say that you're I, a mom. So that's another. I highly recommend going through this whole episode because she does actually go deeper. And I'll get into that in a minute. But, like, I just don't have time to, like, light candles, put on some nice music, like, get sensual with myself, lotion up, like, get into it. Like, I just, I don't have that time. But this podcast has kind of made it, like, well, you got to make the time because depending on your sexuality from your partner is only shortchanging yourself. Right, right. You should own your sexuality and, like, your partner is, like, a different part of it. A totally different area and masturbation should sort of be, like, a foundation as well. Yeah, they're... They're complementary. Yeah, yeah. Try and see your partner as complementary. So right. your sex life is you. Yes. And then they are they are your partner. Your, they are what you choose to include. Think of it like your career. Like your career is yours. You know, like that is yours. And then your partner's in your life is like the bigger picture. Is a, it expands you. But in the end, it's your career. It's your job. So, like, mm-hmm. look at it like that. Your masturbation is your job. And, like, the partner-esque of your life is just the expansion of that. If that makes any yeah. sense, it might not. It does It does make sense because if you know what you like, it's going to strengthen your relationship. Exactly. You have to kind of know what you like to even tell where you... Yeah. Uh, but after this inventory... Chris mentions, you might be thinking you're a lousy lover to yourself. And I absolutely do. I suck. So this is when I tell you to listen to the rest of the episode. To hear Chris and Charlotte go into how to use mindfulness in your masturbation. To bring you back inside yourself. To love yourself a little bit more. And to release the true potential of your orgasms. Alone. Without a partner, just you making love to you. Sounds all woo-woo, as Chris says in this episode. But in the wise words of Demi Lovato, 
I wonder when I love me is enough. Why am I always looking for a ride or die? Because mine's the only heart I'm going to have for life. (laughs) Tear. Seriously. (laughs) Seriously. (laughs) The only person you're going to have sex with for your entire life is you. So why not be a better lover to yourself? And that's all I got to say about that. Nice. (laughs) I want to revisit this. (laughs) Me too. Because we just do like a pleasure series. (laughs) Every time we have an episode, we're going to make this an entire season. (laughs) Let's get comfortable getting uncomfortable, guys. (laughs) Anyways, so let's move on. Think a feminist. Yes. Thank you to Chris and Charlotte for allowing me to play their clip. Speaking of Sex is a fantastic podcast. At the time of recording, they have 379 episodes. So whatever you're struggling with in your erotic life, they have an episode to help. As you have just heard, they have fantastic voices for this topic. I really mean it. They embody the word soulful. I also feel like their voices are a nice blanket. It's very comforting. This isn't a sex advice show. Chris and Charlotte's show is all about education. Chris is a sex and relationship coach, and Charlotte is an artist and sex educator. Both of them provide a wonderful insight to a world where your sexuality isn't something to run from, but to run to. When you're ready to explore how to have a more pleasurable, fulfilling, and orgasmic sex life, visit Chris and Charlotte at PleasureMechanics.com and get started for free. All right, all right. Of course, you're hearing my voice again because me and Becky have flip-flopped. So it is now my Think of Feminist Week. And I'm very excited to introduce you guys. I am embarrassed to admit that I did not know about this until I listened to a podcast looking for a clip for our show. And unfortunately, that didn't work out. But uh, what did work out is that I was introduced to this amazing feminist. Her name is Sophia Wallace. She's a mixed media artist with a bachelor's in political science from Smith College and a master's in photography from New York University and the International Center of Photography. Ooh. Mm, I know. She's a smarty pants. (laughs) Um, So I originally heard Sophia on another podcast where she was being interviewed about her viral project. This project centers around the best bit of human anatomy ever. And I mean that. Her project is called Clitoracy. Love it. I know. Me too. So if anyone didn't get that, we mean the best part of human anatomy is the clitoris. Yeah, just in case you didn't get it. Just in case. We could, we're could. we happy to spell it out because it's that important. Yes. In 2012, she started this project in a hope to challenge the misconceptions of the clit and to lift the veil on the enduring ignorance about female body. Clitoracy includes 100 Laws of Clitoracy, street art featuring graphics with a clit with empowering messages, as well as a clit rodeo that involves riding a giant golden clitoris. Amazing. Seriously, Google it because it's I love one of the best. Already. <laughs> I know. It's one of the best visuals I've ever seen. All walks of life riding a clit. It's, been, it's great. Sophia says, for me, the word clitoracy perfectly breaks down the idea of the project. 
It's this pithy, wonderful little word that encapsulates so much so quickly and so simply. It illuminates this idea of total illiteracy and incompetence when it comes to the female body. Sophia doesn't play, okay? She doesn't play. Honestly, she's brilliant, and she's so unapologetic about her reasoning behind this project. In the show notes, there will be a link to this Huffington Post article, which I have based majority of my research on. There is a video of her. Go watch it and see a true activist in action. She is here to break down the status quo on the lack of information on the clip. Quote, it is a curious dilemma to observe the paradox that on the one hand, the female body is the primary metaphor for sexuality. Its use saturates advertising, art, and the mainstream erotic imaginary Yet, the clitoris, the true female sexual organ, is virtually invisible. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> true. So fucking true. It is beyond fucking true. Her 100 Laws of Clitoracy is beyond impressive. Becky, I told you about this podcast when I first found it. Here's something you might recognize. Vagina is a Latin word for meaning a sheath or scabbard for a sword. Uh, and that was the day I stopped using the word vagina. Yeah, because, because its purpose is to be inserted in something. If there is one thing our minimal audience can take from this podcast, I implore you to stop using the fucking word vagina. Unless you literally mean the literal canal. entryway. Yeah. The canal. Great word. Canal. If, unless you mean the canal... Use vulva. Fuck vagina. Vagina is not what we have. We have the vulva, which is the party house in the front, okay? Mm-hmm. Everything the party. on the outside. Exa- that is where majority of women get majority of their pleasure. Yes. But it is not the party palace. The party palace is in the front. Her name's Clit. How's it going? Um, and the reason you probably may think this is news to me is because you have been led to believe that sex for you in any way or pleasure for you in any way has to be with something going in you. A hundred percent. Which is false. We're here to dispel that myth. So spread the message. Which leads me to literally my next 100 law, or I guess my next yeah, you're right. example of the 100 laws of clitoracy, is the whole is not the whole explain the whole as in the whole is not the the whole the whole the whole the whole (laughs) (laughs) yeah but i thought well that nails it doesn't it i'm sorry i'm just gonna read you a couple more democracy without clitoracy is fallacy Ooh. Ooh, isn't that nice? Ooh. Yeah, I feel educated. I do. <laughs> Good at fallacy, fallacy. I know, get, right? Get off my own podcast. <laughs> just just to be clear, fallacy is like a plan, the phallus, you know, the penis. Um, so another one which I thought would hit really hard for you. Oh, I can read this one. It's clitoracy natural law number 23. Okay. One surgeon in the world repairs the clitoris in women who have undergone genital mutilation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. One surgeon in the entire world. Sorry? One, well, only one person can do it. 
Well, I mean, since or since only this one came out, has done it. Yeah, since this came out, more doctors have developed, like, have since adopted this one surgeon's methods. Right, right, but right. One surgeon for a very like for a significant period of time was the only surgeon in the entire world what? that was able to repair these poor women who have been stripped of their clit. <sighs> but thank God, if you look it up, the anatomy of the clip is a clit is so and it is. So deep in our bodies, ladies, go look it up. Our clit is the ultimate goddess. So I'm just going to end on one more last quote from Sophia, because honestly, her words are so strong so good, that I, yeah. I just I could not just pick one. I was like, they're all great. Um, Clitoracy is about not having one's body controlled or legislated. She said, not having access to the pleasure that is your birthright is deeply a political act. To me, this has always been about a bigger conversation. It's about breaking down walls. Correct. And that is why Sophia is our Think a Feminist yes. this week. Yes. Thank you, Sophia. By creating this project, you have started to break down the walls you say it's fantastic and hopefully will give women the empowerment and pride to own the only organ dedicated to pleasure and only pleasure. Remind yourselves that, ladies. Men don't have that. That still blows my mind. It still blows my mind. Like, if you are going to do one thing for yourself, just remember this is what your body has and it, you can do it. It will Evolution, do it. okay? Like, every human woman or female we can actually say female this time because we're talking about the genitals yep evolution has provided this gift and it's only for pleasure like you can try and prove us wrong but you won't be able to because it is pure there is no other function to it than pleasure when you're contemplating if masturbation's for you remember that homebrewed feminism said to do it I'm going to leave it there. <laughs> Sign it out. <laughs> no, we're kidding. We're going to... Totally kidding. Finish. Yeah, totally kidding. But anyways, I just wanted to point out that if you are interested in cliteracy, everything in the show notes, um, she does have a shop, so you can buy some really interesting merch, merch. if you're into it. <laughs> um, I personally loved the clip pin that she had, like that you could put like on your lapel. Oh, cool. But um, she stopped selling that. There, there's necklaces now and there's a T-shirt that says like solid gold clit and stuff. But she has some like posters. If you're into the 100 laws of clitoracy, you can buy like a poster of it. But yeah, I highly recommend checking it out because this project um, should not go by the wayside in history because we're yeah. late to the party. This has been around for ages now. And yeah. so we're slow awesome. feminists. <laughs> Just follow us. <laughs> just like always running around the circle, like you're doing great. We'll just we're just we're coming soon. Like we're we're coming soon, and then we're in, and everyone's gone, and they're on yeah. Twitter, and we forget what we're doing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> anyway, we're gonna we're gonna close off. We're gonna close off. This has been a fun episode. I think yeah. I can say in the whole of the season, this has probably been my most favorite to record. <laughs> it's been so good. Um, so I. We'll kick off our closing down by mm. thanking our brewery of the week. Mm-hmm. Cool Brewing have given us some awesome beer to share tonight as we record this. And we just want to give a big shout out to Robin and Sandra. 
keep doing what you're doing and like we've said before paving the way for more women in the beer industry because that yes. is what you're doing thank you so much thank you yeah you don't you may not realize what you're doing but yeah for everyone that comes after you you're you're making a change visibility is everything absolutely visibility is everything so thank you so much yeah and also thanks to the pleasure pod thank you to naomi and anand and also to flo perry for your amazing graphic novel which i can't wait to read (laughs) thank you so much for letting me use your clip it was a pleasure to share it see what i did there and you've got some great content and there's definitely so much to learn there so if our listeners are interested in pleasure in general or just anything to do with sex hit up the pleasure pod and they will sort you out yeah and per usual i'm just gonna follow up from becky and just say a deep sincere thank you to chris and charlotte for allowing me to use your clip these pleasure mechanics are definitely worth your time and attention if you would like to check it out uh their podcast called speaking of sex and their website is a plethora of information so i highly recommend checking it out if you're interested in going in deeper into your sexuality yeah, so, yeah, you know, thank you, Sophia Wallace. Again, freaking, I can't even. Like, you're the ultimate yeah. think of feminist for me. I feel like you are the level of feminist. Yeah, we're not I even thought close. I was at, <laughs> and we're not even close, man. You have uh, just thank you so much for your work. This cliteracy, more people need to hear about it because if we haven't heard about it, yeah, there's no, there's no way, man. There's no way. Yeah. Don't you forget your homework is to rate, subscribe, and, and review. We rate, yep, review, and also if you would like, you know, engage with us on the socials. We're, yeah, we would love be great. We would love to hear your opinions. So next week we will be bringing you the penultimate episode of the season. We can't fucking believe it. Like I'm not gonna cry. <laughs> um, next week we'll be flipping the script a little bit. And we will see you next Thursday for another interesting discussion. We're going to end it now. But as always, stay open. And keep learning. Bye, guys. Have a good one. See you. Bye.